With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Check it out. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Hey there, welcome to another midweek audio edition of the Sun Solar Panel. As always, I'm your host, Dave King. Thanks for coming by. Solar Panel, it's always free, always fresh, and always presented by the Basketball Podcast Network. We do a live interactive show every Saturday on YouTube, plus extra episodes during the week like this one with local and national media. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star reviews get special shout-out on the show. Today, my guest host is Mike Smeltz. He's a Nets podcaster, of the podcast, The Glue Guys. We discuss what Landry Shamet brought to the Nets last year and what he thinks he can do for the Suns this season, how the Nets offense didn't really fit what Shamet does best and how the Suns offense might be a little bit better fit for him. Let's talk through this with Mike Smeltz. All right, I've got Mike with The Glue Guys here and I appreciate you coming on today, Mike. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm I'm so thrilled to be here. I mean, it's oh, it's almost kind of strange to think of uh, we're a Nets show and you're a Sun show, and like I guess that could be a finals matchup, right? And who would have thought three years ago that we could be joining forces to talk about the potential Suns Nets final? It it didn't oh, even man. seem possible three years ago, and now it's like a decently high probability, right? So it's Suns pretty fans. incredible. Suns fans, uh, I got on Suns fans' nerves this past year because I was actually hoping uh, for a, not hoping, but I would have thought it'd be pretty cool for there to be a Suns-Nets finals absolutely because of the yeah. Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, Amari Stoudemire connection. Um, neither, none, of, none of them have ever got, had ever gotten to the finals as a group together, and to f- face off in the finals would have been great, but Suns fans hated me. They didn't hate me, but they were like, Dave, don't be wishing for something you don't really want because the Nets would have just, you know, if everybody <laughs> had been healthy, the Nets would have been in a really tough out, especially after the Suns just couldn't beat the Nets in the regular season the past year, even when nobody, I mean, they never had all three guys in the lineup oh, and the no. Nets still found ways to beat the Suns. Yeah. And like, I'll just speak selfishly about the Nets perspective. It's like, it is this is a tough team to sort of wrap your head around because there were so few games that the big three actually played together. Oh my like, God. Well, how many was it? I think it was, it like was seven. Yeah. Right. Seven or eight. And even then it was like, yeah. you know, the, you know, Steve Nash had no clue that of course all those injuries would happen. So mm-hmm. even when they were playing together, it wasn't like they were playing 35 minutes together the entire game. Like Harden would play, Harden would kind of come out early and then he would be the second unit sort of lead ball handler. So there's mm-hmm. an even disjointedness in the Nets themselves at that moment. But I mean, probably like Suns fans, it's so exciting thinking about the season being so close. And mm-hmm. for the Nets to see those three guys on the floor, maybe a little pissed off, you know, a little chip on their shoulder because of what happened last season with injuries. It's just, it's going to be, I think this is going to be one of the most exciting NBA seasons ever with all the teams that had the injuries and all those guys coming back. There's going to be a lot of motivation in the league this year. I feel like there's going to be a lot of motivation in the league, but I do feel like, uh, um, what is it? Load management is still going to be a main thing that happens during the year. I feel like, yeah. like in, in my opinion, load management didn't really work last year. 
or <laughs> yeah. probably the year before the year before that. Kawhi Leonard is probably the only example of a player in, in the league history since load man- since he started load management, I guess, um, that actually made it work, right? Like he kept himself out of the lineup a lot of the that Toronto season, and then he was fresh in the playoffs, and he carried them to the finals. Now everybody's doing load management. I don't think it worked because it doesn't make you any more or less susceptible to injury later in the year. It just means you're a little bit less tired, a little bit less wear and tear. But if you're under 30, I mean, how much wear and tear do you got to worry about? And then with the Suns, the Suns didn't do a, a one second of load management this past year. Not even, not even a second of it. And Milwaukee didn't even do any load management either. Those were the finals teams because they they did stay healthy and it didn't matter whether they uh, cut down on their minutes per game or, or games played during the year or not. If you're healthy in the playoffs, you're healthy in the playoffs. Has very little to do with the minutes you played during the season. Right, and and I do think of like LeBron's the best player in the league or had you know has been for a very long time. He's had times when he's like gone away. There was that time when he like vacationed in Miami when he was with the Cavaliers. <laughs> you know, he just like went away for two weeks. But mostly like, yeah. he always plays. Yeah. Uh, James Harden before this past season, Iron Man played every game, plays every game, plays all the time. And like, yeah, you can, you know, I'm sure you can point to the other side as you're saying, like there's like probably cases of guys who do load management and then they are there by the time you get to the finals, I guess. But I'm with you where like to me, the only load management that really makes sense is if like a guy hurts his hammy. And if this was 10 years ago, you would say, yeah, you can play right where yeah. teams may say, you know what? Just, like take that off if there's a specific injury healthy again yeah 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 as opposed to but then again we bring this up james harden james harden hurt his hammy during the season and they that rehab process took an extra month from what they were projecting and then he hurts his he gets hurt again in the playoffs so it there's almost like no winning um yeah well it's it's like if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and you know the uh that's what I what I, that's what I'm so appreciative of with the Suns this past year, is that um, Chris Paul would not let them uh, give uh, give up on the moment. I guess they, they they took advantage of every single second they were healthier than the other teams. They took advantage of every single second that they could, every point that they could score, every point that they could get, stop giving up, and they made the most of a season. I mean, the Phoenix Suns uh, hadn't made the playoffs in ten straight years but they took advantage of every opportunity they had and made it to the finals because you don't know when you're going to be that healthy again. And I worry, you know, obviously I don't want to put a jinx on anything, but you, um, nothing is handed to you. Nothing's given to you. So just because you made the finals this past year, doesn't mean you'll make it again next year. Just because you didn't have injuries last year or did have injuries doesn't mean that'll happen again. Um, and so uh, the Nets possibly will be completely healthy all year. Uh, and that would be great. Um, the, the question is, how do you handle it if they're not? And last year, I thought Steve Nash did an incredible job in his coaching mm-hmm. staff. I mean, how many guys are on that coaching staff? Is it 20 or is it 30? I can't <laughs> keeps, well, they that even out. added like Steve Clifford <laughs> is now just basically a defensive analyst. He's not even yeah. a real assistant coach. Like they, keep, I, they added Dave Vanderpool, who is a highly respected, another yeah. defensive level coach. Um, obviously they lost Antoni. Uh, to New Orleans, but like this, the staff is is kind of Kyle Corver. I don't know if people know this, but Kyle Corver is now a semi assistant coach too, who is apparently just going to work on shooting with guys. Wow. One of the great shooters in NBA history. He's going to work on. That's like, what Nash did with the Warriors there. for a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. I think wow. that's appealing for these for these. And I think it's a really smart way to incorporate more IQ into your organization by saying mm-hmm. to these recently retired players like Amare and and like Corver basically like hey, just come in when you want you know basically be an, basically be a high level intern that's Jeff what Hornacek they are was one of those as well for Utah before he got back into coaching too um and when the Suns had signed him as a head coach in 2013 he had been a couple of years as exactly that the come in when you want to as a shooting coach for the Jazz yeah. uh for a few years and like we already said Steve Nash too was a great example of that so uh, that's fun. That's great. It does require commitment from the ownership to spend that extra money you don't have to otherwise spend. But I did love seeing uh, when I was watching Nets games on TV last year, There were I felt like there were more coaches 
and players, people in suits and 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 tracksuits and warmups in the coaches yeah. section than there were players. And of course, that's true because there's only 15 players. But usually, 15 players is more than the number of coaches you can. <laughs> had so many it was like four well, by four dude and it's all recognizable faces as you said it's like it's yeah yeah it's like hey there's more <laughs> like hey look at him he's right there <laughs> like he looks like he still could play like you're like get out there you know the nets need a big man like uh, please play <laughs> basketball again you know it's like i wonder who can jump higher right now amari stoudemire or lamarcus aldridge i know well yeah lamarcus <laughs> lamarcus is gonna be so interesting because he had you know he only played i think two games but he had such and thank goodness his health is good to the point that he feels comfortable and every medical professional feels comfortable that he can play. Mm-hmm. But he had like real old man YMCA energy on a team <laughs> that has like these transcendent <laughs> talents, right? Like Durant in the playoffs energy. was magnificent. Harden, when he was healthy, there was like that short stretch where he was an MVP candidate. Even oh, counting for the so fact that the looking. Rockets were what he did to Houston was so uh horrific, but he was so good for the Nets that he was an MVP candidate. And Kyrie is like, you know, a, a, as much as he can kind of his uh, attention span can be in different places, he's still like an incredibly he's one of the most exciting. He took two weeks off just for personal time last year, right? Yeah. Kyrie, yeah, there's there's a yeah, like, and yeah. there's a few theories about why. Oh no, I know, but man. All it, those it's, theories, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like they were there. trying to force the trade or something like all, that all pre- you you know the, we can talk about the Kyrie thing it's like Kevin Durant said it himself when when he joined the Nets and he talked about how Kyrie is like an artist you kind of just have to let Kyrie be Kyrie and not put like normal like a you can't put him in a cubicle basically <laughs> but you can't expect him to be a nine to five check-in check-out type guy and I think Give Steve Nash talked about around the edge of the court and all that, right? Didn't yeah. he do that? What's that? It's sage, like doesn't he do the incense or the sage yeah. or around that, the court? That does link back to his heritage. He's he's uh, he has he has Native American roots on his oh. in his family, and it's a bit you know. So that really? it's not as well. I mean, like and Phil Jackson did that, right? Phil used to do that uh, in locker rooms okay. when he was with the Bulls. So you know it, it but. He, Kyrie's just, Kyrie. I don't know what to expect, really. He's Kyrie's Kyrie. No one has any idea what to expect from this year. You could, Such you could say almost any player to watch though, man. Jesus. When Fantastic. He's out there, just so beautiful to watch. Uh, yeah. The Nets, I really do think the Nets, uh, man, half a, um, half a toe length. The Nets might've uh, made it the finals last year, even with just Durant. Yeah. Cause I, I gotta tell you, man, James Harden, didn't look much better than, than me on a basketball court during those playoffs no. after he pulled his hamstring again. He was the biggest decoy on the on the floor, just trying to playing 40 minutes, just trying to draw the defense away from Kevin Durant just enough for Durant to score 50 points a game. And he almost it almost worked. And then isn't he barely that, missed that uh toe on the line three. Isn't made. that incredible that so during that Nets Buck series? There were reports coming out that like Rick Carlisle was going to be the Bucks coach, right? He was going to leave <laughs> Dallas and be the Bucks coach. And you, I've even heard it before where like it's been said multiple times, like he was probably going to go to Milwaukee. And the Nets, they were, I remember Kendrick Perkins going on ESPN and saying the Bucks were the dumbest, best team he's ever seen, you know, <laughs> and Harden's out there on the floor looking like us like i played pickup basketball this weekend i'm horrific um <laughs> and he looked like me like yeah you know? exactly <laughs> and and but yet they were guarding him like he was still james harden like um, he was playing possum or something you know it's like it's crazy and 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 but yet of course the bucks get by the nets and you know then they play the hawks and beat the hawks and they play your phoenix suns and they get that championship, but it's it's so strange to think like just two season two series prior, people are calling basically Mike Budenholzer's team the dumbest team but in the yeah. NBA. Yeah. And but yet they, of course, I mean you know they just. They, I they tell you what, in those finals, I mean, I watched I watched the whole playoffs, and I usually usually don't, but obviously this time I was pretty invested. So I watched all the playoffs on both sides, and the Bucks just got better and better every series. 
Um, and then then just Giannis just turned into God mode. And Budenholzer pulled, pushed all the right buttons in the finals yeah. against the Suns. I mean, they were down 2-0. And there was talk that they were going to get swept in the finals after being down 2-0. And then they remember. went four straight. Oh. And three of those four games, like game three was one of those gentlemen sweep type games where the Suns were just like, okay, we'll let you have one. And they never should have. And that was the first time all year the Suns had done that where they just gave up a game thinking, you know, we don't have to be at our very best in this game and uh, came back to haunt them. Then games four, five, and six were down to the wire, down to the final minute. I mean, that blocked, um, that blocked alley-oop on, uh, by Giannis blocking Aiton in one game and then scoring on the alley-oop in the other in the closing seconds is just Suns fans are going to be frustrated about that finals for a long time. But me, I'm not frustrated because they, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. They were a great team and should have been there, but going into the season, nobody thought they should be there. And so everything was found money this past year. So I'm excited. Uh, Let's talk about what do you think about the, the West this year? Obviously, are you one of those who believes that the injuries decided who made the finals this past year in the West or, or what, what's your, what's your take on it and give any take you want. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't want to piss off Suns fan. I don't want to, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, I like, I love Phoenix Scottsdale area. I have a family. For, I don't want to, I want to <laughs> be able to visit. As you can say. I want to be able to visit um, Maricopa <laughs> County. I want to go there, you know, see the sites. I've been to Grand Canyon. I love we're it. Gonna, we're going to paste your face on a t-shirt here pretty soon. <laughs> go right ahead. Go for it. Okay. So I'm going to, the, the Suns <laughs> were able to get into the NBA finals. This is merch of, option. Because of injuries. Right okay. Yeah. It, it, that is a fact, but that is also a fact pretty much every NBA playoffs and mm-hmm. it was just so sharp last year for the number of injuries, but the Toronto Raptors won the championship because Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson got hurt. You could pretty much, I think you could pretty much go through every playoffs, pick out the a, team. I, I forget which article it is, but there was an article where a guy did exactly that. He's, it was after the bubble uh, run and the Lakers bubble run. And people were trying to asterisk that whole bubble run because of the situation in there, no fans and all that. And he basically detailed the last 20 straight finals winners where they all benefited from some other teams injuries and their own health. Now as a homer, I'll counter that a little bit. You're right that the Suns got, uh, got lucky with a lot of injuries against their opponents. I mean, yeah, the Anthony Davis, only played about half the series in the, in round one. Jamal Murray didn't play at all in round two. Kawhi Leonard didn't play at all in round three. And uh, that's absolutely true. But let's not forget, Chris Paul, I, I, dri- I dribble better, th- better than Chris Paul did in that first round when he when his shoulder got that stinger. He was literally dribbling, dribbling the shoulder off, dribbling the ball off his hand like some dude who just picked up a basketball for the first time in 20 years. He couldn't even feel his arm for a few games. So there was that in the first round. And then in the third round, they swept the Nuggets. The Nuggets, you know, is it an insult or a compliment that the MVP of the league, the most dominant center in the entire league, got swept so bad he had to get himself thrown out of game four because he was so mad about how things were going? Is that a compliment to Jamal Murray or an insult to Nikola Jokic that they couldn't even come close to winning a game against the Suns? So I would go compliment to the Suns just in general, like the fact that they were still, I mean, because, you know, they still had the MVP. They had the MVP and, and Aiton showed, you know, this is, this is a a little bit of a detour, but I, you know, I know that like, of course, Aiton's in the, the Luca draft, right. And Luca could have been a son. But I do remember, I've always kind of defended the Aiton pick because I just remember what he was like in college. I remember the level of talent that even while Luca was ascending to a certain level, you'd rather have Luca than Aiton. But I think, I mean, to me, Aiton's like, I don't know if he's going to be quite the level of Embiid, but I, you know, I, I think he's like one of the few centers in the NBA who will pretty much matter his whole career. Who yeah. won't be played off the floor, is versatile enough, has enough in his offensive game that he can be on the floor. So, like, I to me it was like eight. I mean, obviously, um, everyone said this, but like, Aiton's star has risen so much mm. during that playoffs and the Nuggets series. I mean, it was, 
Jokic is was like we don't think about it because he doesn't really look like he he's like you know this Eastern European guy who mm-hmm. used to be fat. So we like don't really <laughs> we don't really think of him like as a killer. But like uh, Jokic, obviously he won the MVP. He's a killer. Mm-hmm. He's always been. He's he's one of the more unique basketball players in recent NBA history, and the Suns basically mentally destroyed him. <laughs> yeah, to get he played, out of the, game. the Nuggets did everything they could to get him to play minutes uh, when Aiton was resting, and the Suns did a really good job of not allowing that to happen very often. But basically, Jokic shot about forty percent. 30, 35, 40% with Aiton on him and dominated in the few minutes that Aiton was, was sitting and that's how Jokic got his points. So, but anyway, that, and then, and then you've got the, the final round and Devin Booker had the broken nose and Chris Paul had the broken wrist. And, and uh, uh, look, I guess I'm just very, I'm just going to say the Suns were fortunate, but they took advantage of the fortunate opportunity. Yeah. We'll see what happens this year. Um, who do you think are the favorites in the West? Other than the Suns, and and who's the most likely Finals opponent uh, coming out of the West? I, I mean, it's I'll be boring, but it's the Lakers to me. I mean, the I do think that all the moves, while completely strange, Westbrook is totally strange. I do think that all the fringe signings are interesting. Like, I don't think they were as bad as. Like we were making people made jokes about how old everyone was at the like. Rajon Rondo said he's he's a young dude again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean it's there, right? Like mellow and yeah. And, um, but I mean I like Malik Monk is a decent signing, and I I think for a team that basically gutted its roster to get Russell Westbrook, which again is a wild thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I live in D.C. I grew up a Wizards fan, and I got to watch. Westbrook very closely this year and I think there's this idea of him as like this Kobe like competitor right and he has this Mamba mentality and all that type of thing he's one of the worst end of game players in the NBA because he's so great for the first 44 minutes he's so dominant at times every rebound every assist he can score whenever he wants to basically besides shooting threes we all know that but mm-hmm. because he has all this confidence he rides it into the end of games and he just makes the dumbest decisions and and so lebron you know lebron is both one of the most physically gifted athletes who's ever been in the nba while also being like basically a magic johnson level intellect um as a as a player he I, I don't i don't understand he's as mad as that that the picture of lebron yelling at jr smith like that in in the finals he's gonna be doing that because because westbrook makes jr level mistakes at the end of games all the time but russell westbrook is going to make the regular season way easier for lebron and ad yeah and i do like the signings so i think you know i think it's Suns. i think it's lakers um, you know, the jazz are always going to be there. They're going to win games. No one has any mm-hmm. faith in the jazz. You know, I, I don't no. think anyone really believes in the jazz until they, you know, they got a great crew to do up. it because they're, they're several years into this run. I mean, you know, it's funny, um, on, on Twitter, I just love Twitter. I love yeah. and hate Twitter. Uh, but on Twitter, it's amazing how many of the, uh, Lakers, Nuggets, and Clippers fans have been coming at Suns fans on Twitter just saying, you know, <laughs> all the crap. And just also, and, and it's so funny because uh, one, of, one of my friends made the comment. It's like, well, I think basically they're pissed that the Suns made it all the way to the finals in their first time and they're years into their runs and they still haven't and they still got to complain about injuries, which is, it's true. They got to deal with the fact, I mean, Let's go back to my years, seven seconds or less, Suns. Yeah. They never made the finals because of injuries and suspensions and shit like that. And guess what I did every offseason? I complained about the Spurs getting lucky again or some other team like the Mavericks getting lucky going all the way to the finals because they didn't have to deal with those injuries. Well, now the issue's on the other foot. So I just let those guys go at it. I let the <laughs> I let those fans have their moment. Um, and we'll just see what who wins on the on the court. Here's my take on the Lakers. My take on the Lakers is, and you you alluded to it a second ago, Mike. It's um, Russell Westbrook is going to get them 
a third or fourth seed at worst, if only because he's going to be able to score and play and dominate when those other two don't play. So the 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 Lakers made the only the seventh seed this past year and then had an uphill battle everywhere because and they had to even win that playoff game. Get that play in game, they only won because LeBron made a 30 foot three. Yeah. You know, and and um uh I think Russ, Russell Westbrook is gonna make it easy because he can dominate when those other two aren't both out there with him. But what's gonna happen is that he's gonna really screw up their playoffs because the ball is going to come down the court in his hand, right? I mean, he can't be a corner three guy. I mean, he's no. not, not going to run down and spot up in the corner while LeBron brings the ball up. And if he does, that just sinks in the floor because no one's going to defend him out there, right, on Absolutely. the on the wing. They're just going to leave him completely alone. So then what you got to do is you got to bring Westbrook up with the ball and and then create action to get LeBron into the offense. But either way, Westbrook is going to more often than not not give the ball to LeBron. <laughs> He's going to take the shot himself, and everyone and their brother would rather have LeBron take a shot than Russell Westbrook. So he's going to get at least five or ten, at least five, maybe ten shots a game that should have been LeBron's shots in the playoffs because he's not going to be able to give up that ball because he's so hyper-focused. Well, yeah. That's and, my problem. And, and everyone's saying AD has to play the five, you know, and he just doesn't really want to. If they're playing in the playoffs, a true center, Dwight Howard. I don't even know who. Yeah, they, is Dwight, Drummond they back. Got, oh God, they have so many. Drummond's not back, but they do have Dwight and uh, some other stiff because so many that they had to let go. Marcus. Yeah, Gasol. They traded. Who's going know, back to, over? To let him. He's going back over to uh, Spain, I think. So if they if they play any minutes with LeBron, Russ. AD and a five, they become the easiest team to defend that LeBron has ever been on. Like LeBron has always thrived when it's him and shooters, right? I mean, obviously he's had Wade and Bosch and like, it's, it's kind of, I'm not saying that they're, you know, they were way above shooting, but when he was with Cleveland, Kevin Love was one of the best shooting big men and Kyrie is a, you know, a transcendent scorer and shooter. Um, it just becomes it's going to be so crowded in the paint mm-hmm. if if they have any lineups like that even if ad is at the five and then you're putting two shooters russ and lebron out there russ was best in houston when he was basically the center when they mm-hmm. when they got rid of all centers they made him the center in washington the team just wasn't very good so he could be still point guard russ um it's just going to be fascinating. But again, that is a lot of production. It's a lot of, yeah. it's just a it's lot, a lot of, of production. Buckets. But when you've got, like you said, so <clears throat> clearly Anthony Davis, as much as people want him to play the five, he is not going to play the five full time. No. I mean, even in the 2020 playoffs, he wasn't the five full time people. He, they were really good when he did play the five uh, in the, when they ran to the finals, but um, they still played JaVale McGee a lot. They still played Dwight Howard a lot until they absolutely couldn't because the other team was just too small. But um, they're going to do everything they can to get those other guys. And it's Andre Drummond they signed. So they've got Dwight Howard and Andre Drummond. No, not Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan. They have Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> well, I those can tell you about DeAndre Jordan minutes. if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. I'll bet you can. I'm I'm surprised he played as much as he did. But, um, yeah, we can talk about him in a second. But they got DeAndre Jordan. And um, uh, Dwight Howard and Anthony, the biggest thing though, is Anthony Davis is going to insist on not playing the five and Frank Vogel is going to accommodate that until he absolutely has to not do that. But even when Anthony Davis is the big is the five, um, they just don't have enough size up there to, to leave him all by himself out there for too long. Um, and you, like you said, Russell Westbrook and, and LeBron James in the backcourt. I mean, that's just going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough sell. Um, it's going to be easy to defend those guys, and they don't even play great defense anymore. So, I, I am skeptical about the Lakers. My biggest worry is the Nuggets, the healthy Nuggets. Yeah, I. But but when's Jamal Murray projected? Um, he went down in April this past year, so that means he'll be barely back by playoffs. So it'd have to be a healthy Nuggets. If it if they're not healthy. Yeah. 
they're not a threat. I'm not worried about the Jazz, just like you said. And the Clippers depends on Kawhi, but I wouldn't put it past Kawhi to sit the whole season. He signed a four-year deal on purpose. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of of any big star who's come back from a major injury at the tail end of a season. You know, someone who was injured last season comes back next season and is at all at the level that they were. You yeah. know, we have so many cases of guys who, like, so on my show, from when the Nets signed Kevin Durant, he had the torn Achilles, and I had, um, I had been pushing the the idea. I interviewed like a bunch of doctors, uh, you know, and basically it was like, hey, he could probably come back for the playoffs. And then the pandemic happened, and yeah. the season got pushed back. And it was like, oh, Kevin Durant could definitely come back, and he didn't because it's just not smart, right? And he. Mm-hmm. I just don't think, you know, people are wondering if Kawhi is going to come back and Jamal Murray and Murray may come back, but he's not going to be peak Jamal Murray. It's going to be, it takes a while to get back to where he was. So I'm not counting on any player that, that had a serious injury. Like Clay, even Clay Thompson, who's been out forever now, I'm skeptical of the Warriors just because I don't think Draymond is suddenly going to, elevate his game um i think obviously steph is amazing but i'm i'm like wary i feel bad for clay but i'm wary of him actually being who he was i can't imagine he would be if he is he's a modern marvel because i think offensively he'll be fine i feel like um jj reddick kyle cover level clay this year because offensively he'll be really good but defensively i don't see how he's going to have the he's he was one of the best defensive players in the league yeah. on the wing i don't see how he's going to get that back this year um but him shooting is going to be pure i'm sure and that's going to that's going to help the warriors i'm not i don't think the warriors are going to get through the west either um all right thank you for uh giving me all this time today we're 30 <laughs> minutes in and we haven't talked about the sun's newest acquisition yeah, yet sure let yeah. me give you though before we do that let me i uh, cut you off on um deandre Oof. jordan yeah. Tell me what the Lakers are going to get with that guy. Oh, he's going to he's going to stop DeAndre Ayton. He's going to he's going to no, he's he's <laughs> He's okay. I think I think here's the clearest sort of uh distillation of DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan signed with the Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They were the clean sweep. Uh, you know that Woj himself tweeted out when those three guys signed that it was a clean sweep by the Nets. They were like the super friends. They all came together. DeAndre got overpaid as kind of like he's such good friends and is such a good person (laughs) that the Nets were like, yeah, we have to give him $10 million a year, a four-year, $40 million deal to convince KD and Kyrie to come. Like that, that's how good of a person DeAndre was. At that time, we didn't know he'd be this bad at basketball, but it was still massive overpay. Um, it has now evolved to the point where both Kevin Durant, seemingly, we you know, there's been no reporting, but I think we can infer that Durant and Kyrie were okay with DeAndre being gone because this the Nets basically franchise is being mostly run by Kevin Durant at this point, yeah, which is yeah. fine. He should be running it. Um, they were so okay with it because his play had so declined that he was allowed to leave and they probably knew he was going to go to the Lakers. Um, the nets were so desperate in the playoffs that we, as we talked about that they had to play James Harden on one good leg, but yet they never played DeAndre Jordan in the playoffs. He didn't play a single minute. He didn't play like in the last 14 games of the season, counting the playoffs. Yeah. He, and, and this is a team that has needed big men. LaMarcus Aldridge had played and then he went away and, you know, they traded Jared Allen. They needed a big, ended up putting Blake at five, right? Blake played five and he played, fine but against the milwaukee bucks and yeah, Brooke lopez and Giannis, <laughs> yeah they still didn't yeah. put deandre jordan in against a team that steadfastly holds you on would to a think center he could have at least defended Brooke lopez just like laid on him for a little you know put yeah. his body on him for a little that's all you really and yeah. steve nash still didn't do it during the season james harden was uh boisterous like it was very clear how dissatisfied he was with deandre when they would play together um, in not a bad way, more of like James was expecting DeAndre to be who he used mm. to be, and he just isn't that. So, so long. All this is to say, I will be shocked if DeAndre 
contributes at all uh, to, to the Lakers. And I don't like, I'm not like happy about that because he was part of the Kyrie KD package and he's like a good locker room guy. Um, even though he technically <laughs> basically got Kenny Atkinson fired, yeah. but he's, yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's definitely a good, good guy to have on your team. He just can't play basketball anymore. Um, yeah. I'll be, I mean, like if he, if he, if he becomes anything more than like an eight minute a game guy, I don't know. Like, he, you know, Probably I'll, I'll just be him. floored. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's just not being overplayed. If that's the case. Yeah. He just has no, yeah, he's, he's, no a, he's a tree out there right now. I mean, he can, he can, he can dunk, he can catch lobs still kind of mostly kind of, yeah, but and he's that's not that big. Some, some you know, that's the thing about him. Like he, in our heads, he's the shot blocking athletic center, right? Obviously his yeah. athleticism has declined. He's just not that big either. So like at this point, he's, He's just a smaller five who's not switchy, can't switch, yeah. you know. So, all right, I wouldn't be so worried we'll see about what happens. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not. I was just curious. Um, no, I know. You, you, had, you made it sound like there was some some interesting info there, and there was. I mean, he's a good locker room guy, good friends with the with the Nets dudes, and he's good friends with everyone. Good friends with everyone. People love him. People love him. He just can't play anymore. Can't play. So they are. So, they got. So they got a replacement in. Uh, in LaMarcus Aldridge this year and uh, Paul Millsap for the Nets. Uh, those guys are going to be great locker room to, dudes too. We'll just see what they have left on the court. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. All right, let's turn over to Landry Shaman. So the Suns acquired. Thank you, Suns fans, for being patient. I, I had a great <laughs> – this has been fun. This, this half hour has been fun talking about just the league in general and the Nets um, because those are potentially what if the Suns uh, look forward to a finals run. Again, the Nets are right on the other side waiting. Um, and if they stay healthy, I think the Nets are a shoe in. Um, let's talk about Landry Shamit. So he was on the Nets this past year. It was his third team, actually fourth team. Uh, wait, no, third team in, no, fourth. in three years. Oh, the Nets, fourth? yeah, the Nets were the third one. Sorry. As the Nets right. were the third one. The yeah, yeah. Suns are the fourth and fourth. Suns years. are now the fourth, right, in four years. And um, every it seems like every team he joins he does the exact same thing i looked at his <laughs> per 36 numbers he's the exact same player over 4 years those are his first 4 years in the league ages 20 to 23 first sorry 3 years in the league ages 21 to 23 um tell me what did you expect mm. before the season started what did you expect from landry shamet as an ets fan I was expecting like a 38 to 41% from three vital cog. Um, a guy who like could actually maybe be in some kind of closing lineups. This is before them getting James Harden. So in yeah. my head, it, like, you know, cause his defense is better than, you know, I think the assumption is that he's horrible at defense, that yeah. he's like a Bryn Forbes level defender. He's better than that. He's not like great, but he's better than that. Uh, he can handle the ball a little bit. And I thought maybe he'll be in closing lineups with Joe Harris as the two shooters. Then you have Kyrie KD. And, you know, at that time it was DeAndre Jordan or Jared Allen, right? It would probably mm -hmm. be Jared Allen. Um, and it's interesting with Landry. It's like, like, I don't know what he finished three point percentage wise. 39. 39. So that's what it was. But it, it doesn't, didn't feel. Didn't feel like 39. <laughs> didn't feel like 39. It didn't, and it's not that he was bad. It just didn't feel like he was this like clutch three-point shooter. So like the Nets have Patty Mills now. Mm -hmm. The expectation is Patty Mills is going to be a clutch three-point shooter. Where Landry was like a guy who was there, definitely contributed, but didn't feel vital to what they were doing. Um, he felt like a rotation rotation piece. And I just remember watching him on Philly thinking like, oh my God, he's such a steal mm -hmm. and he's going to be a 15 year vet and he may still be, he's definitely probably, probably will actually still be, still be a 15 year vet. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not, I, I assumed he was going to ascend to a certain level of like being, we talk about JJ Reddick, not JJ Reddick, but like one of those guys that get paid a decent amount of money just to be a shooter. And he's not really that necessarily. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, I, Talked to uh, Zach Harper with the Athletic last week, and he he his his take uh, from afar, obviously on on Landry Shamet was every team loves acquiring him, every team is okay moving on from him a year later. Mm 
And the reason is that um, he looks like a kind of guy, exactly as you just described, Mike, uh, looks like a kind of guy who uh, would be a vital, could be a vital cog in your team and just doesn't quite live up to it. But everyone loves him as a person, like uh, Monty Williams, son's coach. He he coached uh, Landry for that first half season that he was in Philly. And uh, at some point later said, you know, if, if I was going to, uh, set up my daughter with a guy would be Landry. <laughs> He's such a nice guy, such a good guy. And then the Suns are really going for the good guys in the locker room. Uh, they just signed Jared Jack as a, as a player development coach too, by the way. Yeah. Great he, guy. He, yeah. Great guy. So Former all good. Net, who was like yeah. the, one of the few, he was a net when the nets were in a real dark period. And he was, it was like one of the few like heady leaders, you know, yeah. of the team. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing what kind of impact all these guys, whoever the Suns are bringing in these days with James Jones as the GM and Monty Williams as the coach are just good guys. And so looking forward to that. But I'm also hoping Landry Shamit develops into more than he currently is. Let's talk about what he currently is. He has extremely consistently scored about nine, 10 points a game uh, per game and, and averaged a couple of assists. And that's that's about it. Shoots. 38, 39, 40% on threes. Um, on a per 36 basis, he's extremely consistently um, right there every season, no matter what team he's played for. His best stint was for the Clippers, uh, half a, the first half season with the Clippers, uh, uh, when he came in after as a rookie and, and helped those guys almost upset another team in the first round. I forget who it was, but they were basically dealing with a lot of injuries that year. And he people thought he would end up being a starting caliber player and he just, but is he a really good backup is really the question we have in Phoenix. Cause obviously you've got Devin Booker as the starting shooting guard in Phoenix and Landry Shamit profiles as a shooting guard. Um, does he have ball handling chops to handle the ball next to Booker sometimes, or is he really just going to be a wing shooter uh, running off picks kind of shooter for, him? you know, That's he's in, yeah, he's interesting. He's so with the Clippers, they let him handle the ball a bit, and then they took that, you know, that uh, responsibility away from him at times. He's he's a guy who can handle the ball, but can't initiate an offense. So like, he can definitely be someone who's someone's getting the rebound, they pass it to him. He can bring the ball up the floor, hundred percent fine. But he's but never got to hand it off as soon as he gets off. Basically, over the- like he, he'll ne- he's never going to threaten an offense with the ball in his hands going to the basket just like i'm sure maybe he'll get some layups this year off off of screens and stuff mm-hmm. like that but like this is not who he is he can handle the ball he's not bad but he's yeah he's not initiating the offense he's he is a he's a two-guard shooter um yeah. and he doesn't he doesn't he's not like a great passer it's not that he's a bad passer he's just not good like everything about him there's nothing bad right i think it's all like fine or and then the shooting skill is like, can he get a little bit better? Like if you can bump up that average from the 40% to 45%, that's then if you're a 45% shooter from three, you're not making that really deadly. Yeah. yeah. That then we're thinking of you as like a big deal. And then when you're out there with the Devin Booker, Chris Paul lineup, sometimes other teams are paying more attention to you. Um, yeah. It always looks good. It's never, he has all the technique and skill. It just, it doesn't, there's like a ceiling that he just hasn't gone past yet. And he's still so young. Yeah, he's just 23. He just turned 24 this year. He's actually now, after the Suns spent five years being one of the youngest teams in the league and collecting teenagers, um, now Landry Shaman is, I think, the second youngest guy on the team. Uh, DeAndre, uh, excuse me. Um, yeah, Aiden is the, is the only guy younger than Shaman, I'm pretty sure right now. So my question about uh, Shamit is what uh, my next question about Shamit is what knocks him out of playoff rotations versus regular season? Is it size or is it just the guys ahead of him getting more minutes? Like, well, I I think it goes back. So like the Nets really could have used a ball handler last postseason. That's why, you know, Harden had to play on one leg and like, Shamit, that should have been a good spot. If Shamit had that skill, mm. better ball handling, better initiating of offense, then he should have been been playing more and been featured more. And he wasn't because he can't. He like he really just can't yeah. do it. So I do think it's like partly like 
So the funniest thing is the best moment he had as as a net was against the Suns. It was in the regular season, and it was when he like stopped Devin Booker on a game winning shot where like Booker was like kind of backing him down. That was the big. That was the twenty point comeback, wasn't it? Yeah. That was oh, the God. best moment he had okay. as a net. And I even, there's some <laughs> hilarious photo of Landry Shamit where he's like standing in the dark and you just kind of see his sort of angular face. And I tweeted that out as, you know, saying that Devin Booker was dreaming of that all night as it was his nightmare, <laughs> you know, because it was like one play. And, you know, I think most NBA players probably when they see Landry Shamit on them, they're like, oh, he's they're small. I'm, I'm going to yeah. take advantage of him. And Shamit played really good defense. But that that's not that was like the exception and not the rule. He's a fine defender. So like again, but he he's never going to be a plus defensively ball handling wise. But what he is is he is a shooter and shooting sells and he can handle the ball enough to where he's like, you know, there's a lot of these shooters in the league who have no if 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 they're open from three, but then a defender flies at them and they have to try to move off their spot. They're done. They can't do anything. He can do that. He can definitely move off his spot and set his feet again and fire or get to the bucket a little bit. Um, but he just so he has a he has a little extra skill. He's just not. Is he um on offense? Is he better as a spot up catch and shoot guy who doesn't move? Like you said, he can he can re he can relocate and all that. Or is he better running off screens? Like where does where does he look like he's the smoothest or most comfortable? I don't know. We just saw him mostly in Brooklyn as being like, hey, uh, all the defense is focused on Kyrie or Harden. Yeah. He's open from three with a little bit of movement. I mean, I think when he was with Doc with the Clippers for that short period of time, um, he's Doc likes a guy like JJ Redick, which mm-hmm. is like moving him basically, you know, running around screen. Everyone can picture JJ Redick, how he played basketball, running around screens. He did that with Landry Shamit. He just didn't do that in Brooklyn. That's not they they don't even really do that with Joe Harris because yeah. you don't really need to if you have Kevin Durant, right, and Kyrie Irving right. and James Harden, you can just kind of say just stand there hey, and make the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys just, you know, wait for the ball? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he would wait for the ball. And that's also maybe kind of the thing why there's some cognitive dissonance between his three point percentage and you know, us Nets watchers thinking like, oh, he was kind of disappointing because when he got the ball he was pretty much always open because yeah. those big three, they create just in, he should have been making shots. 45 to 50% of them. Like Joe Harris does in a good stretch. And it's why everyone hates Joe Harris right now in Nets land, because Joe Harris was open from, from three against the bucks and he oh, kept God. missing them. And it was like, well, Joe, that, you know, that's the thing you're why? supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed <laughs> to make those things like, and Joe Harris is legitimately a top five shooter in the NBA. Maybe he's got a shimmy like uh, Trey Young did, you know, before making that one three. (laughs) It's just like, ugh. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when you just bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, you don't want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first cash deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Arizona users are fine. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. You have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, like, it, for, for Suns fans, it, it should be, like, just have healthy expectations of Landry Shamit. Yeah. Just don't expect. Well, he doesn't even have a chance to play more than 20 minutes a game. He's going to be 15, 20 minute a game guy unless there's injuries. And the, the hope is that he'll be able to be, you know, representative 25 minute a game guy. If there's injuries, you know, <clears throat> but the Suns are not going to be counting on him for a big, big role. 
The question is, how much does he make of his smaller role? And that just remains to be seen. I think as players get into their 24, 25, 26-year season, uh, year old seasons, they're 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 reaching more their peak than than their younger years. And uh, with Monty Williams as his coach, who's a full believer in him, it really helps when your coach is a believer in you. Um, Williams was a believer in campaign. Campaign turned out pretty darn good uh, for the Suns this past year, out of nowhere. And so that's. Uh, Let's let's see what happens with Landry. But you're right, setting expectations low and being pleasantly surprised is is a good plan with uh, with Landry Shamit. Yeah, and, and so the the backup guards are Payne and Shamit, right? Yeah, those are the primary backups. Then you've got Alfred Payton in case of emergency. Uh, but I hope he doesn't play that much this year. Um, Abdel Nader as a, another uh, shooting guard backup who was is really um, on and off. He's really hot and cold. So yeah, probably Shamit and Payne will be the second unit. They'll do a lot of mixing and matching though. What they did last year is they played Chris Paul with the second unit a lot in the beginning of the second quarters and then Devin Booker with the second unit a lot in the third to fourth quarter bridge in the in that second half. Um and so probably Shamit will get a lot of minutes next to Booker or Paul versus next to just getting pain time. You know, pain and Shamit is a yeah. side and and the, and I think that's probably the thinking, right? Because he is a good shooter, he can he can be next to Booker or Paul. Like, but if he's in a Booker Paul, if if, if it's a Chris Paul, Landry Shamit backcourt, obviously that's a little smaller. But yeah, you're probably not running. You're not running that in, in crunch time again. You're running that against other teams' bench units, or you know where right. there's half starters, half not. And you know we always make a big deal about you know. Oh, that's a small backcourt, but really, how much are those guys going to play in the biggest moment of the game? Yeah. Landry Shamit's not going to be out there, besides maybe as a shooter in rare cases, right? Maybe as a third guy who just stands in the corner and, and waits for the shot. Like, yeah. like the Suns have that in their offense. Every single offensive possession, there's two guys, one guy in each corner waiting for the shot. So if they're going to put Mikel Bridges more on the run, um, running off screens and getting opportunities to handle the ball, they need another guy in the corner, and maybe that's. Maybe that's Shamit. Um, tell me, oh, uh, another question I didn't ask yet is is about Shamit's passing. Uh, what, like, is is he a heady passer? Is he any kind of high uh, value or or has good vision kind of passer? Or is he really just move the ball? He's a move ball, move the ball guy. He, he's okay. not, you know, I don't know his turnover numbers, but he's not like a, he doesn't, he never made a risky pass, but he also never made an exceptional pass. Okay. He, he's he's a smart player who know who I think he knows his limitations. And I think that's actually kind of important for a role player. So like yeah. he never he never acted like he was a point guard. He never acted like he could make this incredible pass, but he also then doesn't even try to do those things. Like he just fits the fits the role that he's in, which is just being a shooter, a guy who can handle the ball a little bit and then you know, he does compete defensively, but like, yeah, his passing, like I remember when D'Angelo Russell was first with the Nets and D'Angelo Russell's passing was never really talked about with the Lakers, probably because those teams were such a disaster, but, um, he, D'Angelo Russell has really, a really great passing skill. He can skip passes. He can see the guy in the corner when he's on the other side of the floor. Yeah. But Sham is just a guy who's like, I'm moving the ball. Let's, if I don't have a shot, I'm just going to put it out you know, throw it to someone else. Keep it moving. Hey, here's out of left field. You mentioned D'Angelo Russell. Um, he made an all-star team when he was with the Nets. Um, do you think he's maximized his, I mean, he is who he is, or do you think uh, he's, uh, I don't know. How do you, well, how do you think the rest of his career has gone since leaving the Nets? I think it's been, it's been really tough for him because basically he went to the Warriors and he got, I think he's getting max money. Yeah. Right. Then that's why he went to the Warriors. And it's almost like this thing with like, of course you're gonna grab a max contract, but it was it was kind of bad for his career to go to that team. Um because they have such high expectations. And I think like we think even about James Wiseman. James Wiseman like got so much negative publicity because he was uh, trying to fit into this yeah, super competitive team. And it's like mm-hmm. These guys are like 20, you know, they're 19 years old. Like there's too much expectations. And like D'Angelo Russell, he was perfect for Brooklyn because there was no expectations. 
and he could still grow. And he, he goes from the Lakers where there's massive expectations. He plays with Kobe. He gets sent away. Brooklyn, it's great. Now he's in Minnesota and he's kind of screwed too because everyone already likes Edwards more than him. Yeah. Obviously, Cad is the star of that team. Um, But I do think there's still another level. Like I know this would be a bad trade, but I do think if Philly got back D'Angelo yeah. Russell in the Ben Simmons deal. And uh -huh. like, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world for Philly. Cause I think there's still definitely something for D'Angelo Russell. Like he's still, I actually think that's the best possible trade. And I'm not sure why it, it hasn't been made, I guess, because Daryl Moore is holding out for better, but I, I personally think that's a great trade for both teams. Yeah. I, I, but then I, then I guess it's as you know, with Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns and, D'Angelo Russell are all really close. Yeah. And so I'm like so glad they didn't come to Phoenix together. Yeah. <laughs> like it is Carl Anthony Towns. Like, is he okay to send D'Angelo Russell away and get back Ben Simmons? And like I don't know. See, Devin Booker um decided that it was better to win games than to play with your friends. And uh, so far we have not seen that same resolve from uh Kat. So I don't know. I don't know. If I'm Cat, I would say make this trade so I can win more games. That's if I and and we can still be friends. We don't need to play together to be friends. Yeah. That's what I would say if I'm Cat. But I'm not sure. Look, Cat had a ton to go through this past year with all the COVID losses in his family and he he admitted he wasn't even really playing basketball this past year because his his mind could never focus on basketball. So I'm hoping for a bounce back year from him. But what does that look like? That looks like one of the best offensive centers in the history of the game who still has no idea how to play defense and he's on a team with, with no veteran requirement, you know, veteran uh, leadership to, to force him to be better, help him be better. Um, so I think he's just a more actualized version of himself, which is still a sieve on defense. Um, he's not going to get better until somebody else on the team is just an all-star too, a real all-star who can play defense and show him how to play. So I think actually Ben Simmons would be helpful to him and Ben Simmons wouldn't require touching the ball on, on taking shots. Yeah. So I think that'd be a nice pairing. Uh, and then uh, D'Angelo Russell and you, you, they need good shooting in when you're starting shake Milton in the playoffs. I mean, come on, you need a better solution. Yeah. But then again, it gives, it, this is the tough Ben Simmons thing where it's like, okay, so then you're Philly and you have D'Angelo Russell again, a guy I like saw him achieve a, a really pretty high place in Brooklyn. But like, so then you're turning Ben Simmons into D'Angelo Russell, and then you're then you're lacking in a whole bunch of areas. Like you need you need a lot more from Minnesota. I guess they would put in like Jaden. There, there's all the other all the other side yeah, pieces that yeah, they would yeah. throw in, but right. that doesn't help Philly. Like they'd have to turn that into, you know, you'd have to flip that to another team and get someone okay, like someone decent. That's um, probably why it hasn't happened yet. Send yeah. them to Cleveland, and not that I'm a believer in. Kevin Love, but oh geez, man, Suns fans are still hoping for a buyout on Kevin Love and to bring him to Phoenix. And I'm like, dude, I mean, I, he can't play anymore, and yeah. he's already quit on his team. I mean, they, it it's they one told thing him to, to leave. Olympics told him to leave. Yeah, Team USA said, said we can't we use don't you. Want you? <laughs> we can't Basically. use you. You can't move. Yeah. So maybe he'll sign with the Nets. <laughs> I know that's everyone's <laughs> been Nets waiting. Are for signing that. everybody who can't move, <laughs> it, and it just is like the it's the place to go because you know <clears throat> you can sit on the bench and then you can have you can take Instagrams in Brooklyn and that's exactly. really where Kevin loves that. You don't days. have to play that much, and and when you yeah, do it's play, it's perfect. all free money. It's yeah. great. Um, and that wasn't a dig of the nets at all. That was just a, Hey, no. it's a place to go to enjoy the year. It's a, and, it's a great thing to, it's a great thing for the nets to finally be that type of team where yeah, if they were in New Jersey, it wouldn't be this way, you know? It's, right. Yeah. It's, it's true. worked. That's Brooklyn has worked. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your, Absolutely. your, uh, man, we spent almost an hour on this, uh, the Landry Shamit episode, which turned into more of an all NBA <laughs> nets sons episode which is really fun um tell us I, where we can find you um so if you have any friends in your life who are fans of the brooklyn nets go to the glue guys probably nets podcast uh on on uh just to be safe for seo purposes um and then we're at bk glue guys on twitter um and beyond that 
you know, the what an exciting season. Oh my gosh, cannot wait. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fun. Um, I actually, I, um, yeah, I have a, a a very close friend who's a big Nets fan, and we watched all the Nets games this past year, and so that's uh, um, I'll be watching them again, and uh, we'll yeah. see if they go all the way to the finals. Yeah, it's uh, with such high expectations here. It, like it's literally like as long as no one gets hurt, there's there should be no stopping them. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not scared of Milwaukee one bit. No, um, you should be scared a little bit, but um, definitely, I think the Nets had just more firepower, and they can just they would win anyway. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right, good to see you. All right, you can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find the show at Sun Solar Panel on Twitter. Go follow the show so you make sure you don't miss any any of the episodes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed. If you're listening to this and you're not subscribed, please do so. Talk to you all later.